Hey, folks, welcome back to another great episode. Today, zooming in from Norwood, Colorado, we've got Zach Dixon. And this is interesting because Zach, his little brother, Seth, is also a real estate entrepreneur. I interviewed Seth about a month ago. Now I get to interview his big brother, Zach. And Zach has really done a lot with real estate investing in a relatively short period of time. I believe he's got, is it 200 doors? Right, under, 200 doors. Uh, yeah, it's, so that's that's pretty impressive. So Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is actually my first podcast ever, so. Is it really? Awesome. <laughs> it is. Yep. It's, it's it's interesting. We got, we've got a ton of people coming on the show that this is their first podcast ever. So I love having uh, podcaster first-timers on the show. I think, Seth, it was his first podcast as well. I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So we'll have a lot of fun. I don't bite. So don't worry about that, Zach. Anyhow, <laughs> right. if I'm not mistaken, you're, you used to be a police officer, so I shouldn't be all that intimidating for you. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. So I was a uh, police officer for six and a half years. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. Well, no, I was, I was going to ask like, yeah, that's six and a half years. You're, you're a police officer. What sparked the interest in real estate? What got you kind of transitioning out of being a cop into being a, a full-time real estate entrepreneur? So my wife and I, um, we've talked about real estate investing since we first got together. Uh, it's something that we kind of had in the back of our minds. Um, and in 2017, I was working as a cop and we bought our very first rental property. And that was like a big deal. Um, you know, obviously all the scary unknowns and yeah. is this going to work? Are we going to you know, it was actually a relatively small property, a single family um, home. And so it's like, is this going to work? Are we going to go under? So, you know, it's funny looking back. It's like, wow, that was very little risk. Well, um, well dude, that, that wasn't very long ago in the big picture. I mean, 2017 right. was, well, I'm an old fart. So, I mean, it doesn't seem yep. like very long ago to me. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. So moving forward, um, we had that one for about... I want to say six months before purchasing um, our first triplex. Um, and then we got another single family and then it kind of started snowballing from there. Um, and as you know, lending can be one of the bigger obstacles. I would say that and finding deals um, are probably the two main obstacles in real estate investing. And so we um, having a stable W2 job definitely helped. Yeah. Um, with the lending aspect. So we went for the first several years, we used bank financing. So we would and, save And up sorry, enough. if you don't mind me asking, Zach, what kind of price point were these properties? And were you guys just saving, saving, saving to, to come up with the down payment money yeah. for these deals? How did that work? So our very first property was actually a exceptionally um, low income, cheap property with 17000 that was all in wow. closing costs and everything. It was 17 and some change. Got it. Uh, we rented that for the first year for $400 a month. The second year, 500. At right over two years, we turned around and sold that for 59,000. Right. Um, That's nice cash. Yeah. Yep. We took 1031 exchange that into a mobile home park back East. Uh -huh. um, and then, so our second property, that was right at 60,000. Our third property was two hundred thirty thousand. It was a four townhomes, um, and then from there we kind of just you know gradually stepped up, sold a couple, 
um, refinanced a couple. I'm sure you're familiar with the Burr strategy. Um, yeah, so we, we did some of that and it was, I guess, 2022, let's see, no backing up, sorry, 2021, yep. the end of 2021 is when I officially quit, uh, the police force. Congratulations. Um, I was a detective at the time and just, you know, it was, it was getting to the point where my wife and I, we manage all of our properties remotely. Mm. Um, we have maintenance and all that good stuff, you know, in place but we manage it ourselves, And so there's for the longest time, she was able to do that on her own. Um, but as you accumulate more properties, it becomes quite the, the yeah. chore. And so, you know, me tied up at my job four days a week, sometimes five days a week, you know, it started to, we started plus, to plus very know, front, irregular hours. I would imagine if you were a detective, right. yeah. at least if what yeah. I see on TV is anywhere yeah. close. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it got to the point where like you, we waited out and it's like, okay. And I, I, I had seen myself staying at my job quite a bit longer. Um, but just, just the way things worked out, I decided to quit. Um, and it's been amazing since then we've, we've really grown and, uh, yeah, been able to expand. So, so, so what are you doing these days, Zach? What, what, well, first of all, let me back up. What does your current portfolio look like? It sounds like you got a, a few different things, single family homes, mobile home park, small multifamily. Yeah. What what does the portfolio kind of consist of today? So it's primary. So we have some, we have our original uh, four townhouses um, that are, they were built in 2008. They, we have long-term financing on those um, at an amazing interest rate. We have a couple of our original properties, but everything else has now kind of morphed into mobile home parks. That's kind of what we have done since 2019, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so we have them in everywhere from South Dakota, here in Colorado, um, Florida, and North Carolina, and then West Virginia. And then we do have one, we, we've kind of... Uh, started experimenting, I guess you could say, or we, we purchased one short-term uh, beach house rental uh -huh. in Florida um, that we, we actually purchased part of that with a 1031 exchange from selling a mobile home park. So very cool. So it sounds like mobile home parks are kind of your sweet spot right now. That's, that's what you guys like. So for folks who aren't that's... familiar with that and who have a <clears throat> stigma about mobile home parks, what, what do you like the most about mobile home park investing? Everything. <laughs> mobile, mobile home parks are the, I would say, and they're becoming more popular oh, for, for, for good reason. Yeah. And if you look at the structure of the majority of mobile home parks, you know, what that is, is it's in essence a land lease. And so you, you know, an ideal situation, I would say, is you buy the land, hopefully, preferably it has city water sewer, um, it's even better if it's direct built to the tenants. So now you have been taken out of the equation of any utilities. Um, it even gets better if it's like in a city center or where there's, um, city maintained streets. So you can own, and one in South Dakota is like this that we own. We have several like this, where it's basically, you own the entire city block, your mobile home part or your mobile homes are put in there. It's city utilities, um, directly built to the tenants in most situations. Um, and so in essence, you're, you're, you own the land. Right. Um, so, so you don't have the maintenance of 
your traditional apartments or multifamily. Um, now we do own some park owned homes. Like, you know, there's been situations where we buy a park where there's a portion of them that are owned by the park already. So we take those over. Mm -hmm. Um, but we've also turned around and sold those off. Um, so you can sell those off on either like a rent to own or, um, just sell them outright. And then you're kind of back to the land lease. So that's really the the beauty of it is that you have no, no maintenance. That's right, because they own the structure on top of your land. Yeah. It's completely up to them. If their toilet backs up, they're the ones dealing with that. Leaky roof, exactly. they deal with that. All of those, yeah. all of those kind of things. Um, and then I guess it's different from place to place, but if they stop paying their lease payment, is is it a much simpler process to get them out of the pro- property than a traditional rental or not really? Not really. It, it, no. So you still have to go through the formal eviction process. Every state's different, mm-hmm. uh, but you still have to typically go through the formal eviction process and then like a writ of possession on the actual home. Mm-hmm. And then that way, you know, they would have the opportunity a lot of times to, if they can settle, you know, move their home out and be done. Um, or you can repossess the home. We have done that on, I think, two homes where we actually possess, repossessed the home or I guess took over the home. Yeah. And it was, it was a rather simple process. Um, mm. That was here in Colorado. And, you know, it was maybe a little bit more complex than your normal eviction, but it, it ended up turning out good. We were able to resell the home, get a good tenant in there. Um, so, yeah. So you're obviously a huge fan of mobile home parks. What what are some of the the negatives? Because it can't all be sunshine and flowers. Are there any downsides to this? Why aren't more people doing so, it? Well, I think a lot of people are starting to do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think a lot of people, there's at least in my experience, um, and I get a, I've started getting a lot of my deals off market um, mm-hmm. through cold calling and whatnot. And it's, uh, it's amazing how many people are actually doing it and how many people are buying and pretty decent sized investors are buying into the mobile home parks. But yeah. going back to your question, as far as the negative side of it, there are, there are negative sides, um, infrastructure. So depending on, cause now you own the infrastructure underground. So you want to do an inspection. You want to make sure that is in good working order. Um, you know, if it's the old clay pipe, uh, the sewer lines, you, you can get tree roots and, you know, you can all of a sudden start tacking up a pretty good bill mm. if you have to go replacing uh, infrastructure. So that would be, I guess, one of the negatives. Um, I think for a long time, the stigma of not wanting to be a slumlord or, you know, well, you know just a bad... I'm, I'm up here in Canada. I think uh, our good buddies over in the East Coast that that did that show trailer park boys uh, <laughs> help boost up that stigma significantly. That's for sure. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and even from, you know, if you go watch cops or anything like that, yeah. where did the majority of calls take place? It's typically, there's a lot of trailer parks involved. Right. Yeah. And it is a lower income. Um, but going back, there's different models of mobile home parks. And a lot of times I would say the majority of time, if you can maintain the premise in a, in a good manner, you know, the roads, the, you know, whether they do their own yards or you do them and build that into the lot rent. Yeah. If you can 
keep a clean, safe environment, screen your tenants, and they own the home, they now have pride of ownership. So they, you know, it becomes their neighborhood. Um, right. And so it's actually not as bad as some of the shows might make it look or, you know, some people oh, might sure. think. Yeah, no, no, so. most definitely. So Zach, one of the, <clears throat> one of the benefits and the challenges at the same time that I've heard about mobile home parks, let me know your opinion about this, is one of the big benefits is supply and demand because, you know, as, as far as tenants go, they're typically very, very well occupied because it is affordable housing. This is this is the, the only kind of housing a lot of people can afford to actually purchase their own quote unquote property. So that's great. But the challenge is that municipalities, from my understanding, <clears throat> really don't like them all that much because they don't get as much tax bang for their buck as what it costs them to provide schools and and, and policing and and hospital services right. and all that kind of stuff. What's what's your take on that? And are you seeing any new mobile home parks being created from scratch these days? There are some uh, states that allow it. Um, you know, the zoning and the the licensing for that is obviously going to be very difficult. It's actually it's going to be quite costly to build a mobile home park, especially in today's, you know, market um, with inflation the way it is and, you know, the supply chain, labor, all that good stuff. Uh, but there are, you know, even here in Colorado, I've seen some and they're very nice. They're, they're class A parks. Obviously, um, that was probably part of the approval process. Um, but going back to what you said about the taxes and the the cities not liking them that is partially true um and it, it, i guess it depends city by city so we own a mobile home park in fort walton beach florida mm -hmm. very hot market um very you know very sh a huge shortage of affordable housing um and so they're one of those cities that aren't exactly in favor of them but we've had no issues we, you know we're grandfathered in yeah. We keep the premise nice and clean and, you know, there's, there's not good. much they can do about it at this point. You're great. Like you exactly. say, your grandfather did. Got it. Yeah, exactly. But that also goes back to the whole supply and demand, you know, mobile, mobile home parks are, you know, and I'm not saying no one's building them, but there's not that many being built. And every year there's a certain percentage. I don't know the exact number that get, you know, repurposed into higher use, whether it's apartment commercial, um, and so that kind of keeps the supply um, very tight to where, you know, it does drive, in a sense, drive the demand up. Definitely. Very, very cool. So is that kind of your plan for the, for the future? Keep chugging along with these mobile home parks. Sounds like you're doing, you got, you and your wife are doing well with them. That's our plan uh, for right now. We're going to keep, uh, keep going. We're still acquiring. We uh, closed one last week um in west virginia so we're nice. we're still trying to plug along obviously um financing is always a uh i guess well, an obstacle i mean it sounds like you built up a hell of a portfolio pretty quickly how have you been financing these if, if you don't mind me asking how are you are you self-financing are you bringing on partners who's who's coming up with the down payment money for these deals so we have never partnered on a deal. Um, 
we have used, so starting out, we used all bank financing. Mm -hmm. um, we still use some bank financing. And then, you know, we started, I guess we got exposed or had a couple of deals that we were able to do owner financing on, which nice. is, which can be an amazing, um, you know, solution to both the buyer and the seller, depending on where the seller is, you know, tax benefits and tax deferments, all that stuff. And obviously for the seller or the buyer, um, typically, I shouldn't say typically, we've been able to get much lower interest rates than what the banks are charging. Um, Very good. Of course, uh, the down payments are negotiable if you can negotiate a good down payment. So we've We've come up with all the down payments, whether that's through selling properties, um, refinancing properties, and using that cash out refinance for another down payment on another property. We've, we've done all that up until the last couple of years. And then we have started using some private money, mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure you're aware of. It's, it helps you, it can help you grow exponentially and much, much quicker. Very cool. So are you bringing on partners or are you kind of getting, debt financing from from private lenders based on other properties you currently have in the portfolio so we so far we've not done like i said we've not done any actual partnerships um we've done basically private money um we've uh we've had a couple opportunities where we were actually approached um where people kind of see what we're doing they start asking questions and it's one of those things where it's like if you have, let's just say, a million dollars sitting in the bank, um, not making any money or very little money, yeah. And all of a sudden, you're you're you have an opportunity to make, you know, seven, eight, ten percent on your money, um, and it's backed by it's secured by real estate. And mm -hmm. so what we've done is we've done that on several deals now, where they we actually did um, a deal where they, you know, we had a hundred percent financed by private money. Um, five-year balloon, amazing terms, interest only. So at the end, you know, so in essence, it's their cash flow. You know, they go from having money in the bank, not making, you know, hardly anything, to now it's almost a an income. You know, yeah. it's a good income for them. At the end of that five years, they'll get paid back or before. Um, and they'll get paid back the original amount. So everything they've made is is in essence pure cash flow. Yeah, that's perfect. And it's, it helps you to minimize your expenses a little bit because you're not paying principal there. And then I guess at the end of the, or within the five years, your goal is to uh, get a more traditional financing on that property at a higher exactly. level, cash those guys out and, and yeah. chug along. Yeah, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Hopefully before the, well, before the five years. So so the goal is to kind of, you know, refinance into a traditional mortgage. Um, and then keep, you know, if the opportunity is there for the private money to keep, you know, rolling that into another property and kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, Zach. So are there any challenges you foresee coming down the, the pipeline? As far as, well, obviously the, the, the main one with bank financing interest rates, we're actually working on two different refinances right now. And we're looking at Ooh, mid yeah. eight. Um, interest rates, which, you know, a lot of, if you look historically, I guess it's, you know, it's, it seems high for us right now. And it is, but if you look historically, it's not, 
extremely high. It's not crazy high if you look through the 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, the, the um, problem is when you purchase the thing in the first place based on a much lower interest rate, right. then it is high. I mean, by any... Right. Yeah. So I would I would say um, every everything we we look at is will the will the property still cash flow with vacancies with you know unforeseen repairs um, and if the answer is yes then refinance it at eight and a half percent and you may not cash flow as much as you would have at a, you know five percent or three and a half percent but you're still cash flowing and and in, in the grand scheme of things you're you're acquiring these properties which. Um, like I said, are, are becoming harder and harder to find, harder to find a good deal on. Mm-hmm. And so if you can acquire them now, make sense of the interest rate, the, the financing, and continue to grow, and every one of them are covering themselves financially, eventually, you know, if interest rates come down, refinance, and, and now, as you know, you know, interest rates come down, typically values go up, and so you're, yes. you're even in a better situation. No, that makes a lot of sense, Zach. Well, I think, I think um, off the top of my head, if I were in your position, I would be definitely looking at a lot more private capital to potentially completely replace that bank financing. Because, quite frankly, if if you could, yeah, I'm not sure. How, like, what? Give me, give me an idea. One of the, one of these properties that you're refinancing right now. What's the total loan approximately going to be that you need to get refinanced? Right at right under a million dollars. Okay, so that's yeah. I would definitely look at this if I were you, which would be to hey find private money for that. But I would focus on people's registered funds, like their four hundred one ks, that kind of stuff, because you can probably get that kind of money which is not doing all that well, even with interest rates the way it is, you can probably lock that in for five and a half, maybe 6%, give or take around there with private lenders, a lot more flexibility, right? Not so much in the way of prepayment penalties and and all that kind of stuff. Right. That, and and that would just give you a lot more flexibility. That, That would be fairly straightforward to get, a million yeah. bucks of that kind of capital lined up for you for sure. So I would I would I don't know what your time frame is for for doing this, but if you had a number of months, uh, or if you got other, or if you got a way to just have the 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 current refinancing you're doing with the bank not be locked in, not be so you don't get whacked with terrible penalties if you find better financing sooner rather than yep. later. Um, you could you could probably line up with your track record. And, and everything, you could probably line up a million bucks uh, reasonably quickly. Uh, I'm not going to say in a week or two, but I'm, I'm saying within a few months, you could probably get something like, like that lined up. And that would be amazing. Uh, my wife and I, so it's it's just the two of us. We've, we've kind of kept a rather small operation. We've not been you know big on social media. Like I said, this is my first podcast I've ever done. And so it's, it's one of those things like the private money we have used is... Friends, friends and family, yeah. more, more so friends, um, acquaintances. And so it's, you know, getting the word, I guess, out there. And it's like without advertising or whatever. It's like, it really is a great situation for somebody, you know, that has money just sitting in the bank, not making yeah. money. And it's a great situation for us 
Um, you know, like that, like I said, the one property, that's what we're looking to refinance on that one. We have another one that actually it was an owner finance um, deal to begin with. And mm -hmm. the balloon is coming up here. We have about another little over a year. So we, we have some time, Perfect. but we oh, want to yeah. start, you know, trying to figure, figure that out. Um, and that's about the same amount, not quite, mm -hmm. not quite 900,000. So it's like, you know, it's an opportunity. Um, and, and we've crunched the numbers, even though we bought. Oh, let's see. One of them in 2021, which would have seemed at the peak of the market or, you know, very high. We got exceptionally good deals in gray areas. Um, and so we could, you know, crunching the numbers, we could afford to pay, you know, I don't want to say a higher interest rate, but yeah, seven, eight percent, maybe higher and still make sense of it, still cash flow. And therefore, it would give somebody else an amazing opportunity to make make money on their money. Exactly. Backed by something solid, a really good asset exactly. that's already up and running and proven. And uh, yeah, not, yeah, that's yeah. as opposed to some other real estate investments where people are, it's it's more speculative. Yeah, I think I think there's right. definitely something there for you, Zach. Um, dialing into your existing network is obviously the, the, the first way to go. I know you've gotten some friends and family on board already. However, most most folks have just really scratched the surface. They they yeah. haven't really taken a deep dive, especially when you show people how they can invest their registered funds, their retirement funds that they think are locked away and they can't touch. When you can show them that, hey, yeah. you can turn this into a self-directed thing and get way, way better returns and not be paying some schmuck, you know, financial planner right. for not doing much. You can take control of that. When, when people become aware of that. Yeah. You can make some, some really good win-win situ situations happen quickly. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. And the, the neat thing about what you just said is, is like a 401k is, is fluctuates on the stock market. It's based yeah. off the stock market, whereas real estate, and if the numbers are there and you've done your due diligence and somebody trusts you as an operator, if it cash flows, that is pretty much guaranteed income at a set interest rate. It's, and so it's, it's a lot far, far more reliable than whatever the heck they're doing right now. And that's, you know, and exactly kind of CDs or government bonds yeah. or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think there's, there's great opportunity there for you, Zach. I would definitely look down that, uh, that path. And it's just a matter of, you know, finding those people in your existing network that, that have those kind yeah. of funds. And then once you kind of get them on board, dialing the next level. Hey, who else do you know? Those people, who else do you know? Right. That's in a similar yeah. situation that would be looking. And then that's how it kind of starts to, to snowball. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, congratulations on what you've built in, in, in a relatively, you know, from my perspective, very short period of time, you and your wife are doing an amazing job. Keep up the good Thank work. You. And if people want to connect with you, Zach, I know you're not big on social media and whatnot. Um, is there, is there somewhere somehow that, people can connect with you there are um yeah so our instagram and i should have written this down before now is uh r and z and r investments um or email uh dixon d-i-x-o-n builders at 1987 1987 at gmail.com so dixon builders 1987 at gmail.com fantastic well zach this has been sorry, a lot of fun z mm -hmm. sorry go ahead it's ZR Investments. ZR Investments. All right. Perfect. Is the Instagram. 
So, well, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for jumping on the call for your first podcast. You did a great job. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody take care. Uh, and we'll talk to you on the next episode.